on today's Locked On Royals podcast. We're going to talk about the Kansas City Royals getting the series win over the San Diego Padres. And Javier Reyes is here in all of his misery to discuss his Padres getting absolutely thrown overboard by my Kansas City Royals. You are Locked On Padres. Your daily San Diego Padres podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Let's get it going on the Locked On Royals Padres crossover. The Kansas City Royals were able to upset the San Diego Padres. The Padres are devastated, hands over their eyes, can't even look, and the Royals are rolling in to the weekend on a bit of a high note here. I'm Ryland Styles. Follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. Follow the show on Twitter at Lockdown Royals. And that's Javier Reyes, even though you can't see him because he's embarrassed by his team's performance at Javapinio on Twitter, host of Lockdown Padres. Javier Reyes, I'm not even going to ask you how you're doing today. Because frankly, no one cares at this moment, although we do care later on. Javi, I have one question for you and one question only for you on today's crossover podcast. And that question, Javi, are the San Diego Padres cooked? He's weeping. He's weeping. (laughs) Rylan, it's incredible how this series went about as bad as it could have gone. They won a game. Congrats. Congrats. They won one game. It wasn't a sleep, a sweep. That's the only not bad thing that happened. But the Padres went out and followed up their Dodgers series by even in the game that they won, which we had talked about in, in our crossover, was like, I think the Padres, you were like, I think the Padres could win the series, but it won't be something to like inspire you. And they're not going to blow them out. And it might be like one of those four, three win type things. And that was kind of the case for the first game. You know, they kind of, they, the reason they got their runs was actually throughout, if I'm not mistaken, a, a couple of errors on the, um, the Royals part. I don't know if they were actually chalked up to be errors, but it was a four, four Oh win. And now my app is acting all weird. Um, and the only the only positive was that Michael Waka was was on. That was great. He had a no hitter through seven. That was great. But other than that, and I'm seeing that the Royals had one error in that Monday game. It's just sort of like in that game, one of the reasons they score is Manny Machado getting hit by a pitch. Not not a single, not a hit. Instead, he gets hit by a pitch. So not only do they lose this series. And they barely get anyone excited at all about their offense at all. 
Manny Machado has a small fracture in his hand now. Just as he was starting to slowly build back up to the Manny man that we know and love. They go out there and they make the Royals look like the Milwaukee Brewers. Just small ball, hitting some home runs. Vinny P in the last game. Salvador Perez, I am shocked that Salvador Perez didn't go along. I'm shocked. That at-bat that he had in game three, I was like, it has to be happening here. He hit like three foul balls with an exit velo of like 400 miles an hour. So shouts to the Padres that she just missed it by a little bit. That's a, that's the other only good thing that happened in this series. They, they didn't give up the huge home run to Salvador Perez, I guess. Otherwise, they went into the series. This is a bounce back team. No offense. Aside from the Oakland A's, we have ranked the Kansas City Royals as the 29th best team in baseball. Sure, they have some talent. Sure, they've got some upcoming guys. They have Bobby Witt Jr., the allegedly best prospect once upon a time in baseball. You got MJ Melendez, some Puerto Rican power on the team. You got Vinny P, who we just mentioned. But you go out there and you make them look like the 2016 Cubs. I don't understand. And I said it in the last show. I'm not asking these players. No one is saying they needed to be all MVPs. It was cool. The idea of that, the Mount Crushmore. I don't even know what I would call it right now. Mount Hushmore. <laughs> that was terrible. That's how that's how much of a, this series it hurt a little thing in me. I'm not totally broken, not yet. Not yet. Not not, not yet. But it's it's close, let me tell you. And they go out here, and in game three, and I, I said this in my little recap video on Twitter. They were down 4 nothing, partially because of that Vinny P um, bomb that he hit. Great player. He's been the biggest, um, probably bright spot on this Royal squad. They go out there with the bases loaded. If This is one of two times. One of two times, Ryland, with the bases loaded. The first one being with zero outs. And they score two. They score three. Uh, I think it was two runs. Oh, that's great. They must have done well. Even when they score, it is not something to be excited about because it was a um, a balk that resulted in a run and moved the runners up. And then it was this winky dink little tadpole, you know, piece of crap hit into the infield that ends up scoring another one. So they still refuse. Trent Grisham striking out with the bases loaded. Austin Nola, I want you to guess what he did for the 85th time this season. Striking out with runners in scoring position. They can't even hit a sack fly. <laughs> a sack fly, Ryland. They can't even do that. This team, and I compared them to the 2015 Nationals a while ago because I thought that that team was, you know, all the Sports Illustrated covers, all the hype. This has been the most disappointing team I have personally watched since then. And I know that some teams have had playoff failures and all that, but at least you got to the playoffs. In terms of this team overall right now, they're a disaster and it was it's just the worst case scenario is basically happening for nearly every part of what makes a good baseball team the San Diego Padres right now they're a disgrace i've said it many many times it's not a comedy or it's not a tragedy it's a comedy at this point that's why i have my jester hat on because that's what it feels like watching the padres right now they just it's incredible how much every single player is underperforming Tatis with runners in scoring position. He didn't do anything in this last game. 
And, and and I know you're I know you're probably getting a kick out of this. That's the thing that I can't stand. That little that little face of yours smirking behind the microphone. That's the argh! you know, it's just we're being punished. I don't know who did something, but it feels like we're being punished. And I and you know what? Frankly, because I know someone's gonna say, Oh, well, it's only me. I don't care. Okay, this is my job. I'm recapping to what's now. This isn't just a couple weeks. Or a few days when everyone lost their mind because Hassan Kim had a bad play. No, no, no! This is everything. <laughs> this is this is a team that looks terrible. And you have oh, oh Nick Martinez, who I love. He's played well. He's more than welcome. To, no, no slander his way, but he's putting on his little wig, pretending to be Tatis. How is that the only cool thing that happened for us in this series? Is a very funny Tatis impersonation by a relief pitcher. That that was the best thing that happens in this series. And now they play the Red Sox, who, breaking news, can hit really well. And I know that they're going to be amped up and being like, oh, whatever. And and uh, Kike Hernandez and whoever the heck they have playing shortstop from them now is probably going to somehow outplay uh, Xander Bogarts, who, who has been slowly getting back into the swing of things. I don't, I don't want to hit on the man too much. But Ryland, it is a disaster out here. I put a tweet on Twitter. Saying it's or actually, in fairness, somebody left a comment saying it should be. Do I have to go back to locked on depressed Padres? Then someone said, What about left on base Padres? It's pretty good. I ah, see he likes it. Even Ryland likes it. It's pretty good. And Ryland likes a good saying. Trust me, folks. He really does. He loves it. You should hear him off, off camera it's a, and off microphone. It's incredible. He loves good sayings, loves good gimmicks. He's a big gimmick guy. And the Padres, I. This is the most because like last year, they had a, a, a poor lineup. But last year it was like, okay, Tatis is hurt. You, you everyone knows Hosmer and Will Myers. They probably peaked the previous year, or I should say, they peaked in 2020. And it's like, okay, we're not expecting that much out of them. But with what they had last year, how are you worse almost in every single way than that offense last year? When you added Bogarts, you spent all this money. You, you have a full season of Soto. You basically have a full season of Tatis. And, and they just, they look like me, Rylan. They look like me at the plate up there. That's that. It's just, that's plain and simple. That was incredible. And if you literally want to look like Javier Reyes, you need to check out our good friends over at Bird Dogs, folks. Bird Dogs is awesome. They're where you want to be. Birddogs.com slash locked on MLB. Folks, they sent us these immaculate packages that you can buy that have, you can buy shorts, you can buy pants. Javi, they even sent us this right here. This, this tumbler mug. Let me tell you, Javi, I brewed this cup of coffee. You hear it? Still coffee in there? I brewed this cup of coffee, okay, an hour and a half ago. And it's still, it's still piping hot. It's still piping hot, which I got to sip on while you were over there having a breakdown because my Royals came in and dominated your Padres, okay? What you can do is dominate your summer wardrobe because bird dogs, they're shorts. Let's just talk about their shorts for a second. Their shorts are immaculate. They are the definition of a five-tool player. You can wear them to a business meeting and look like you are, you know, booted and suited. 
You can wear them to a pickup basketball game and still have the comfort, the fit, the flexibility to get the job done and mess around and get a triple-double. You can wear them on the beach. You can wear them to an amusement park. You can wear them to a concert and look still done up in a good outfit and, and stay cool as well. They even have shorts that have built-in underwear to them. Folks, check it out today by going to birddogs.com slash lockdown MLB and get yourself one of these free cool tumblers in their little starter kit. Great value in that starter kit. It's a Yeti-style tumbler. Look at that. So cool. Check it out today. Birddogs.com slash lockdown MLB. Javi, we're back. Now you let it rip in segment one. My Kansas City Royals have just decimated your spirits. And that is just peachy. Javi, uh, Michael Waka did the thing. huh? And th- this was like one of the only things we got wrong of the series preview mm-hmm. episode. We said, hey, the Royals could win this series. We said, hey, even if the Padres win this series, it's still going to feel disappointing to you. True and true. But we also said that Waka would get lit up by this Royals lineup because he's just not been very good. Did you did you notice any positive change in him to spark why he was so effective or no? No, I think that he's just capable of a start like this every once in a while. And and it, it's it's great. Love it. Congratulations to Michael Waka and the Padres on you know, having a good start against a, a struggling offense, that's really, you should be proud of that. You really should. You should take that with you. Um, but yeah, he's just, he's going to be one of those pitchers that every now and then can have a game like that. He had it earlier this season against the Atlanta Braves when he struck out 10. And in this one, he practically was having a no hitter go through. And to be honest with you, was, I was expecting to lose the game. I, I just was. I was like, somehow he's going to get taken out. And then Luis Garcia will have one of his moments. And then the Padres, of course, won't score if, if that if it comes down to that. Um, but yeah, it was the one thing we got wrong. We also got, I don't know if it was wrong, but Seth Lugo, I had predicted, was at some point going to get lit up. He does, but he leaves hurt. And, oh, oh yeah, forgot to mention that. So not only do we lose Betty Machado, but Seth Lugo, who'd been doing well, uh, he can't do well against a bad team, and then he gets hurt too. So again, just great, great stuff right now for the San Diego Padres. Um, but yeah, it's probably the one thing we got wrong. Um, and it wasn't like nonstop home runs against him either, uh, which is what I thought was going to happen. Instead, it was just a lot of, you know, base hits, a little bit small ball stuff. They were ripping line drives. Don't get me wrong. But uh, not, not necessarily like a home run palooza, which is what I thought was going to happen potentially to him. But uh, yeah, so congrats to Michael Waka. At times, he can be great. At times, he's not so great. But for a back of the rotation starter, I mean, what more could you ask for? Well, Javi, let's move into the, the two and three games in this series. That's kind of the more relevant and topical information. Yeah. That's where you lost Lugo literally in the loss column, but also uh, hard. Scott Barlow got the save in this game. What did you see from this Royals lineup, Javi? Whenever you're watching them, you're not as jaded. You're not as invested in Kansas City. You watch Bobby Witt Jr. get two hits, Salvador Perez, two, R- two RBIs, Vinny P got a knock. What did you see? You And most importantly, what did you see from Michael Garcia? What I saw from the players in general, I'd say, is just kind of how I've always felt about the Royals. At least their stuff. 
You know what I mean? At least, that, yeah, it's a rebuilding team, but at least there's a couple guys to be really excited about. Pasquantino, who I am always just forever going to be, not sus- suspicious is a strong word, but just very tepid with guys who have like a breakout rookie campaign in just a couple of games. Not a couple of games, but whatever it was, like 40, 40 60 games. That I'm always just going to assume that it's probably going to be a little bit worse the next year. I'm not saying he's a bad player, but might just have like that sophomore slump, I guess is what to say. And Vinny P has not been that. And that's really big news for the Royals. Um, maybe he's the actual superstar prospect on this team that people should be excited about. I don't know. Um, but, hey, I, I just think that they have stuff. You brought up um, Michael Garcia. Hard for me to analyze the Royals guys. But, hey, I mean, he's seemingly almost maybe he's going to this is going to get him going. Right. Maybe get some going a little bit. No, 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 no. I'm not going to let you sit here and take these shots at Bobby Witt Jr., who just decimated your franchise. Today, today, base hit. He had a walk. He scored a couple runs. What? what he, he was awesome in this game. Vinny Pascantino hit a home run off of that washed you Darvish. He's probably not washed. I'm just kind of running with it at this point, so don't, don't like, freak out. But nonetheless, MJ Melendez, double. What more could you ever want to see from Bobby Witt Jr., who in that game dominates your franchise? Wednesday, I mean, I'm sorry, Tuesday, two hits, a run scored, and an RBI. He he was on fire this series, and so you don't have the right to to talk bleep about him. You might have the right next week, but today you need to apologize to Bobby Witt Jr. Frankly, I don't think I need to apologize to anyone ever because I... No, I can't even pretend to do a, a a Kang the Conqueror type of quote or anything like that right now. No, I didn't even mean to insult him, to be perfectly honest with you. Um, he was oh, great. We had mentioned, like, oh, maybe he should be the best prospect. Maybe he should be the, the hyped up guy. Maybe he should be just because he is the one that's performing really well right now. And he's kind of the star and maybe he deserves more of a spotlight. But I think that in general, um, I, for, I, for, I lost my train of thought a little bit, but I, I didn't mean to, to take too many shots at him. Uh, you can take as many shots at my players as you want. Um, nothing can really hurt me. Um, I love you, but uh, unfortunately, he doesn't have the best game because why not? Let's just, let's just throw that on there. You know what I mean? Let's just have a you Darvish start, not go great. Just throw it on there like the, the onion ring you get in the, the French fries order. You know, just add a, an extra little treat for Padres fans in there. It's great stuff, man. It's great stuff. Um, yeah, I think that the Royals kind of just were, they're just, is this is such a every, this is a turning point type of series for the Padres. I don't know what's going to happen now, um, but for you to have lost, what is it, nine of your last 10 games, eight of your last 10, something like that, and for it to be against a, a very poor team like the Royals at home, your manager called out the team not too long ago, and instead, they just they look terrible. Even Manny Machado himself was like, yeah, they should boo. We're playing terrible. So, uh, I don't know, man. I don't know. It just feels like, I don't know. I need you to talk. I'm running out of things to keep me uh, sane. So, look, I think that, and, and when I talk about this player, make sure that you know it's only about his on-the-field talent. Rose Chapman came in. Pitched mm-hmm. an inning, gave up one walk, struck out two, no runs allowed. I uh, got the hold and, and and turned it over uh, to Clark, then to Barlow, then then the, then the Royals got the win. Chapman's going to get back a pretty 
decent. Well, well, I would say this. He's going to get back a significant return. And when I say significant, I mean relative to what it costs the Royals to sign him and then get that return for him. So it's not going to be like someone's you know, best prospects. But the fact that you just pulled off Chapman off the street pretty much for free you know, to, to sign him, and then you're going to flip him here in a couple of weeks at the deadline and get – you know, I think you're going to get some, you know, at least B tier prospects uh, for him, you know, C plus tier prospects for him. Uh, that is a huge win for Kansas City as he continues to pitch well. So every outing that he has where he pitches well is a win for Kansas City. So I, I don't think that this team is going to make a run in the postseason, obviously. And I don't think that he is going to be on the team that does. Uh, so you need to flip him right now while the getting's good. So that, that's kind of my big takeaway pitching wise from um, the game on Tuesday. I did sadly need to make you talk again, Javi. I'm, I'm sorry that you don't want to talk on a podcast, but I am clearly biased with, with Brady Singer. I love Brady Singer. Um, I think that he has Cy Young potential if he ever would put it all together at the exact time. I know that putting it all together is very, very hard to do and typically doesn't happen. But watching Brady Singer, I think that this game against the Padres like kind of summed it up pretty well. Six innings pitched. He allowed seven hits. Four runs, uh, two of them were earned, two walks and three strikeouts. There were moments where he showed flashes of like, ooh, he's got the goods. And then there's moments where he, you know, misses spot or whatever the case is. What what did you view from him stuff wise about his pitches? Slider looked all right, um, from what I saw. Generated four whiffs on the pitch. I didn't see anything that was like suggesting that this is gonna be a bounce back. For him, because again, it's really hard to wager because the Padres are about as good as my high school team at the plate these days. Um, but it also should be a hey, brought up that like that he only gave up two earned runs and it was four runs in total, but it was only two earned. So people who were looking at the box score, it's an important note to make. Um, he was very good last year uh, for the most part. He at least showed stuff. And I don't know what he's going to be. I don't know if last year was like his. This is mean, but like his Phil Hughes one moment in the spotlight despite being a highly regarded prospect and kind of never living up to it. And you just have that one season that really goes your way. Maybe that's what last year was, um, which I, I don't want. I would love the Royals to develop some pitching. I think that'd be great. Um, I think it'd be fun for the Royals to be good because I do think they have a really fun little nucleus that they're developing um, and, you know, new, new, new management and all that stuff. So that, that's kind of cool. But for the most part, um, I don't know. I don't totally see it. He only had three strikeouts. Um but at least, you know, apparently the Royals were really big fans of giving up a lot of walks in this series. Um, and he was not one of those. He only walked two. So that's not too bad. So, again, I, I wouldn't be holding on too much for Brady Singer. I just think that he's doesn't seem to have it. And I think that there's a reason why every prospect analyst, every blog you go to makes jokes these days about the Royals and developing pitching. Um, they're almost at the level of the Baltimore Orioles when it comes to getting slandered for uh, not developing pitching well. So I guess we'll have to see that. You would know more than me. Avi, can you tell us about our good friend, our passionate friend, so rare, this game that is just weeping the nation. It's weeping the lockdown MLB. It's it's just, it's a sweeping game. That's what you're saying about it. It's a sweeping game. What is it about so rare? Can you tell us about our good friends over there? Sleeping game. It's a sleeping game. Uh trading cards, fantasy baseball. I mean, what what could what more could you ask for? 
You know what I mean? It's it's really cool. And two ambassadors of this fine application are actually Juan Soto and Julio Rodriguez. So if you want to meet the guy who seemingly has caught fire, Mr. Juan Soto, potentially that might happen because they're giving away all sorts of prizes if you win your games to stadium stuff, uh, in-person experiences, jerseys, all, all sorts of stuff. This isn't just like a little, oh, yeah, you won like a tiny, uh, a little you know, coupon to some random restaurant or whatever. No, it's, they probably have that too, but that's just the lowest tier. And they've got all sorts of stuff for you. You can collect different versions of cards and it's a lot of fun. I've seen people setting their lineups. It's not something you have to set like every day. So it's got that nice little balance of both trading cards and then not necessarily the everyday grind of fantasy baseball that I know some people uh, who aren't crazy like me uh, often forget and get a little bit, you know, too busy for. So I would check it out. It's really, really fun. And Rylan, I do believe that just for listening to this here podcast, that we can tell these folks about a wonderful little deal that they get just for listening. And what would that be, Rylan? Just for listening, you can go over to our good friends at Software, play this immaculate game. And I will say, got to give credit where credit due. Lindsey Crosby, mm. locked on it will be prospect. Die. Every lost in the game so rare. He has like cracked the code. He has spreadsheets. He's like he's a game. He's he's immaculate mm-hmm. at it. Every day we kind of screenshot our our points and and see where everyone's at. And he he always does this. And I think it's on purpose. He always magically happens to be the last person to send in his screenshot. And he always magically happens to have the most points out of anyone in so rare. So if you think that you can dominate this game, so rare, make sure you check out Locked On uh, Prospects as well because they are going to be telling you about some ways you can win as well. And you can go there right now, use the code Locked On, and make sure that you check it out today. We're back on the Locked On Royals-Padres crossover. Javi? Series is over. Our three-part extravaganza closes with a series recap. Who are your three stars from the series? You can you can do three Padre stars. You can do a mixture of both teams. But who are your three stars of this series? I'd say the acronym RISP um, is a star of this series. I would say Vinny P is a star of this series. Um, the brief moment in which my mom realized that Eraldis Chapman was on the Royals. So my mom gets a star um, for this series. That was very funny. Uh, admittedly, an inside only funny to me joke. And then I'd probably say maybe maybe the Royals bullpen a little bit. Um, didn't do too bad. And Scott Barlow closing out the series very strongly. Um, getting a strikeout. I think two strikeouts and then a ground out to close it out. Um, so those are probably be the biggest overall um, stars. You can maybe point to Juan Soto, who's still just been really good. He had another uh, double in this series as well. He's drawing walks. He was good. But for the most part, that's probably where to go. And then Hassan Kim, I guess, a little bit of a decent game at the end, kind of having a multi-hit game. But for the most part, uh, I know I named more than three. Uh, my apologize. My apologize. Duh. Uh, my apologies on torpedoing your segment. But uh, I think in honor of the Padres, I should... Uh, just turn into a dumpster fire here at the end. I think that's that's what I should do. Well, I'm glad you waited to the end. Uh, but my three stars 
Vinny Pascantino, Bobby Witt Jr., who has been absolutely crapped on by a lot of people. Many people have talked about, oh, you got to send him down to Omaha. Many people have said, oh, he's overrated. Winning impact in this series. And my number three star, you, you snubbed me here, scooped me here, Royals bullpen. To, to go out there against the Padres and get that effort today, to shut the door in a series win, a series win that have that have been elusive this season for the Royals with a bullpen game, big, big time, big time, big time. So those are my three series stars. Javi, this is where you're going to shine. So pull yourself out of the dumpster. Pull yourself up by your bootstraps. Who are your three duds of this series? Where do I begin? Where do I begin? Um, Genuinely, I don't even know where to where to begin. The Padres, I'm just going to say the acronym RISP, RISP again, um, as my one star, or I should say loser, whatever, um, for the series. Trent Grisham is one that needs to be pointed out because while he has improved as an offensive player this year, he's hitting the ball harder, his max exit velos and all that stuff is up. His walk rate has been great. Does strike out a little bit too much, especially on pitches that he's swinging at. This isn't like he's got just a problem with chasing pitches. He's just not good with bat-to-ball skills, and I think that's becoming a little bit of a problem. Granted, on a team that allegedly was supposed to have superstar players at the top of the lineup, that wouldn't be as much of an issue to just have a guy who's got a decent amount of power, can walk a little bit, but his batting average has gone below 200, which is bad, despite what the nerds may tell you. Um... And I think that the other one would have to be, I, I, I almost, I almost don't want to say you Darvish because it's always weird when a struggling offense continues to struggle. And he basically made that one big mistake to Vinny P. So I don't want to hate on him too much. Um, I would say you have to bring up Manny Machado and Seth Lugo, not because they played poorly per se, but just because they got hurt and that really hurts the team. And Manny Machado, who, Famously, only Paul Goldschmidt has played more games than him since like 2017 um, is now hurt. And we're going to get more news on whether or not he has to hop on the IL. So I'd say injury luck is a big loser for the Padres. Depth is a big loser for the Padres. And then AJ Preller, I think, deserves some some blame here because we really saw this series about this lack of depth, I think, from the Padres bullpen we or the Padres team in general. I mean, we've seen that for the past two weeks, but especially this last these last couple series. Um, and it's something that I talked about on my show. You know, I was famously before the trade deadline. I was like, look, I'm going to be ecstatic if they trade for Juan Soto, but I don't think they need to. I like having assets. I like having flexibility. This is why this is why I like having flexibility. Cause if your team is a nightmare wagon and it has descended into the depths of Tartarus, then you like to at least have some ammo to climb out of that pit. Not and, and none of the deals in a vacuum for the Padres are terrible, right? None of the deals. I don't think any of them in a vacuum are that bad. But when you have six players extended for like 10 years and they're not all playing the way they should be, that is a problem because you cannot move them around. You can't do anything. If Nelson Cruz is bad, who cares? He's here for one year. Manny Machado's here for 11. Tatis is here for another like 12. 
Juan Soto, the only one that's been playing well lately. Well, we don't know what's going to happen with him. He's here for another year. You just signed Xander Bogarts for 11 years. You Darvish is extended for another eight. Jay Cronenworth for another eight. Uh, Joe Musker for another four. Speak. Go ahead. My three duds. Brad oh, that's Keller? right. That's where this started out. Yeah, my bad. Brad Keller? <laughs> Hunter Dozier? Oh, yeah. I should have said Brad Keller. He walked eight people. Brad Keller, <laughs> Hunter Dozier, and Jackie Bradley Jr. <laughs> All three of whom I would love to no longer be in Kansas City, by the way, if we could ever have that happen. But... Uh, it seems that they're destined to be in Kansas City uh, forever. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, go ahead. Tell us about it, man. Yeah, I, I appreciate you taking the time to just sit there and... What are you doing? <laughs> and sit there in my... <laughs> and, and just laugh your behind off. But for those of you not watching on YouTube, you should check it out on YouTube. Um, there have been... There have been many uh, a camera presence moments for Javi Reyes today. Uh, he is he is clearly going through it. <laughs> waka waka. <laughs> Javi, the yeah. Royals have an off day on Thursday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they do. And then they go to Chicago to play the White Sox on the South Side, where they're going to mm-hmm. have Grinky. Jordan Lyles, and then a TBD pitcher on Sunday. Well, mm. What a mystery that is. We'll figure out who it is later on. We'll see what they can do. Uh, hopefully they can build upon this series win and get it done against another low-level team with the White Sox. What do the Padres have on tap? The Padres um, will be playing the Boston Red Sox, a series that I'm sure won't be embarrassing as they get swept from the team that they poached Andrew Bogarts from. That should be a lot of fun um, starting on Friday night. That should be cool. Blake's still on the mound, though. Uh, for some optimism on this podcast, um, I will say Snell has looked a little bit more like he's getting into the part where he's actually a really effective pitcher, especially when it comes to strikeouts. He hasn't been incredible the last three starts, but he's gone innings. He has had a couple starts where he didn't walk too many batters. The fastball hasn't been elevated as much as it does at the beginning. I'm hoping to see him focus more heavily on the fastball slider combo than a kind of fastball changeup. Even if it's been effective at points, I just think the slider of his is a little bit better um, and kind of ditching the curve a little bit more too. Um, so against a tough Red Sox lineup, I think that's a really good test for him. I do. Um, and I think that that Red Sox lineup, while it is overperforming this year, it's not that shocking to me because Boston has done this before where they just completely punt on every other thing to make a good baseball team, and then they're just magically great, and it won't matter. Uh, <laughs> can't relate! <laughs> can't relate, let me tell you. Um, so that's something to look forward to, and there's probably a Joe Musgrove start uh, on the horizon. I'm, that might be Saturday's game. Uh, I'm going to check right now. Yeah, that's that's pitched to be Musgrove versus Chris Sale, so that might be a nice little matchup. So a fun weekend in store. Because, Rylan, here's the other thing. You know I hate Boston sports. I mean, you know this. You know I hate Boston sports, right? So this weekend, if they once again don't show up against the team that they took Xander from, not only will it be embarrassing, it might get me on Monday to say the words that you asked me at the very beginning of this podcast. 
that the Padres are cooked. It might. It might. It very much might. This is about as bad as things could go, my friend. <laughs> well, as you descend off to your jokerism, see if Javi has anything left on Friday. <laughs> we'll be here to preview the White Sox series. Oh, yeah. Um, on Royals. I should Javi... mention I should mention real quick. Uh, I probably am going to be doing a crossover um, with Red Sox host Lauren. Um, that should be great. Um, so look forward to that for Friday's episode. And look forward to me and Rylan tomorrow um, as we do a little breakdown of the power rankings, which should be a very fun thing to see because I believe we recorded that right before the last game. Uh, so I, before I had gone mad, if people want to see me a little bit more normal. So you have that to look forward to too. All right, Abby. Glad you're interrupted for that. See you mm -hmm. guys.